I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Not so much, actually, because... Not everywhere. Wow, wow, we're going to get into that. Thomas Tuchel leaving Chelsea, being fired by Chelsea. Uh, We'll cover that. We're going to cover Napoli's huge win over Liverpool. Incredible stuff, although maybe not a surprise given Liverpool's record uh, in Naples. We'll have the whole Champions League. So much going on, but obviously we're going to start in Zagreb. Now, I was struck by something. I wrote about this. Thomas Tuchel, after the game, you know, he does those, those flash interviews with broadcasters. <clears throat> they ask them, uh, are you worried about your job? And he says, well, it's not a worry, it's reality. And then he makes a face which looks just like, and I wrote this, just like Dennis Hopper yeah. in True Romance after Christopher Walken, you know, gives him kind of the, the, the kiss of death. And he takes a dragon cigarette, powerful stuff, one of my favorite films. What, 14 hours later, Chelsea put out the announcement. 12 hours later, he's told that he is out of a job. And this is a firing. This is a sacking. This is not mutual consent, consent, pretendo. And even if he thought it could happen, I think he was shocked that it happened the way he did on Wednesday morning, really. I think, and that's why he asked the club to say, give me me one more game. Let's wait until Fulham. I've got new players coming in. I need to blend them in. I need to integrate them. It's not easy. All the changes that, look at all the changes we went through. And I think they made their mind even before the Zagreb defeat. All right. Not as shocked as I am. Um, I'm not shocked that he's gone because, look, we said this every week, right? We, we, we come here and we talk about how bad Chelsea have been this season. And I didn't like Chelsea's recruitment either. However, you know, with the exception of the Spurs game, obviously. Yeah. However, there's a simple basic fact, and I'm not saying anything original. A lot of people have said it. If How do you, in the summer, decide... To go and spend 300 million odd in, in, in euros um, on players, players chosen by Tuchel, all of them chosen by Tuchel. Yeah. Meanwhile, you said Carney Chukwu make us one for the future. Fine, right? Yeah. The young. And so not keen. you, with with no experience doing it, you say, okay, fine, I'll back the managers if you Sir Alex Ferguson. And then seven days into the season, some of these guys didn't even play. Dennis Zakaria, zero minutes. A Wesley Fofana, one Premier League game. Uh, uh, Alba, 45 minutes, 45 minutes of dreck, oh, by the way, minutes, yeah. what? Uh, uh, against Timo Zagreb. Or, sorry, 60 minutes. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I, get wait. Your point. I think maybe you. This makes no sense. No, but you could also say that those players would be good with any. Like for Fana, okay, he's a two hole choice. And maybe they would have gone for Gvardiol or maybe they would have gone for another centre back with another manager. But you think that for Fana would be good with yeah, you, really you, think, oh, wait, wait, you wait, and wait. me as a manager as well. Okay. You don't buy it Can just I say because it could be good under Tuchel and only Tuchel. Right. Okay, obviously a good player is good under a good player, right? But and and, and a player, it's like all, there's no good or bad players, right? It's all about pricing. I learned this from a friend yeah. of mine who works at a hedge fund, right? So true. Cucurella might be sixty million, fifty million, whatever they played for him for Tuchel, if Tuchel believes in him and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some other dude's going to be like, uh, true, no, that's true. For sixty million, I would have rather had yeah, Cardio yeah, yeah. or whatever, right? No, you're right. So you're right. This is why it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Every club in the world, even the richest club, has finite resources, and so to do this, I I don't know. I, I don't know what Todd Bowley and, and and his friend El Gabi or whatever his name is who, who are running the show. I don't know what they're thinking. This this is so counterintuitive. There's got to be something that we don't know. And well, maybe just the fact as well, Gab, that they just didn't get on. They just could not work with each other anymore. And right. I think it gets to a point where if, if you and it took them three boss, months to realize this. Well, no, but I think it took them three was, months was, and 300 million to realize no, that they don't no, get along with each other. No, because a few weeks ago they said they talked about uh, an extension. 
So at some point, things must have been better because I was told that they were beginning of talks about maybe extending his contract. I think it was a slow process in the sense that they didn't see eye to eye anymore. They didn't see the same direction. They were disappointed by the lack of of style. I mean, they were not playing well. So no, I, I, we were I get all that. I get all that. We were worried. We said it. We got abused by Chelsea fans. And now look where they are with no manager. Completely. No, I, I, I get all that. You said no manager. By the time people listen so to this, now, they may yeah. have a manager. Um, Graham Potter, I, Graham Potter has been praised to high heaven, uh, and I think rightly so. I think the job he's done with Brighton has been tremendous. Yeah. I love the guy. I love the idea of a guy who, you know, middling player, tried to get into game. Well, he does have one England under-21 cap, uh, I discovered from Wikipedia. Um, but, you know, can't get, a, can't get a look in in England. What does he do? He says, I'm going to back myself. I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to go to to Ostersund yeah. in Sweden when they're in the lower divisions. I'm going to do all this crazy, innovative stuff. I'm going to prove myself a success from there to Swansea, to Brighton, doing it the hard way. All these experts, oh, I'm not giving a chance in the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, look, here's a guy who goes and takes his chance abroad, and now he's vindicated. Yeah. yeah. That said... It's it a, is a leap. And also, at Brighton, Jules, he had Dan Ashworth, he had Tony Bloom, he's got a progressive, outward-looking yeah. club. He had a whole structure around him. I, 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 I think he's courageous to go for Potter ahead of a Pochettino, and we can talk about Poch in a little bit. Oh, we will. Because no, right now, everybody can say to me, like you did, he did a great job at Brighton, he did a great job at Ostersun, he, really, he did a good job at Swansea. No one can tell me that this is going to work at Chelsea. This is, a, this is going to work in one of the best clubs, biggest clubs in the world. I'm not sure that fluidity, tactically, changing everything, tweaking all the time. So almost inventing new position for different players because he had an idea of, hey, what if we put this guy there and what about that guy? Which I really admire. I think, he's, I think tactically he's got a great brain. But I think this is okay. far easier right. to do at Brighton where there's no pressure on result apart from not going down. Then a club like Chelsea with players who are all international players. But to be fair, that's always been that's always been the thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, unless you're Pep Guardiola, there's a few people who 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 start out near the top and have the pedigree as ex pros and whatever. But you know, the world is full. Thomas Tuchel himself, right? And, you know, when when he goes from Mainz to Borussia Dortmund, oh, I'm not sure can he handle the pressure of eighty thousand people yeah, on the no, yellow no. wall and the stars at Mainz, and then and then from Mainz to Paris Saint Germain, more stars, and then Chelsea. You, you know what I'm saying? Like Sarri, same thing, right? These guys who are self-made, at some point, that's always going to be question mark. You roll the dice. I think what helps tremendously in those situations, and this is why I talked about the structure before, is having people around you. The job of a director of football isn't just, at least the way I conceive it, yeah. like most clubs conceive it, isn't just to go and like, you know, stand there when they sign the contract and negotiate the contracts and go and sign players. The job is also to be there, to be a support to the manager, to be a support. Yeah. You know, we talked at United how so much of that shambles was the fact that, you know, by every indication we've had from people in and around the club, like, you know, Darren Fletcher and, and Murta, they didn't have that visible role with the players in the squad media. So this is something that Potter had at, uh, yeah. at Brighton. I mean, had still has because as of right now, he hasn't signed. Yeah, no, no. So I think that is something. But, I mean, for me, the absolute priority has got to be a director of football, a, a more football person who can be more present and he can show that authority towards the players as well. Yeah, which is a fair point. 
and we go back to, I think it was the discussion we had around Newcastle when they were looking for a new manager. You should appoint, appoint a sporting director that would be in line with who you choose as a manager. I think it's always a bit odd to do the manager first and then, okay, let's do the sporting director now. And you might get someone who yeah. might get a few candidates who are not too keen on Graham Potter as a manager, for example, if no. he's the guy that you go for. So I would have done sporting director first, but I would have done sporting director a very long time ago. And this is one of the things that Tuchel was not happy with. It was like, this is not how club, big club works. You don't, you don't have your owner suddenly becoming your sporting yeah. director. Right, well, let's, when let's, nothing about football. Let's talk about this. Let's remind people about why they were in this situation. Obviously, six months ago, Todd Boldy wasn't thinking about buying Chelsea. Then Vladimir yeah. Putin decided to conduct his special police operation, a.k.a. war, uh, in Ukraine. Yeah. And then the sanctions came in and they forced sale. Because of the forced sale, what we saw in the summer was... Essentially, everybody at Chelsea who who had made this the club a success, and I think a stable success, because people joke about, oh, Chelsea always chopping and changing manager. Chelsea actually had a lot more stability in house because Marina Granovskaya yeah. had been there forever, Bruce Buck had been yep. there forever, you know, uh, you had the continuity of Peter Cech before him, Michael Emanalo uh, before him in a slightly different role, Mike Ford. You know, you had all these people yep. who were actually there a long time and were really, really good. Scott McLaughlin, yep. another one who maybe not many people know, but was so important in the recruitment, so much power. All of a sudden, all these people are gone. Yep. All of a sudden, I, I don't know who's, I'm sure somebody's advising Top Bowley. I'm sure there's, there's intermediaries. We know he met with Mendes. All of a sudden, you have that. Now, we know that in the summer, they tried to go for Michael Edwards, former Liverpool guru, whatever. Great choice. Tremendous choice. Logical thing, something you expect Bowley to do. Well, because, speak to him, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, he invests in companies, a private equity guy, like, who are the most talented guys? This guy, fine, perfect. Let's talk to him, right? It didn't work out. Maybe that's what caused the delay. Maybe that's why. Give Bowley the benefit of the, the doubt. Only one, he's not the only candidate, Gab, though. It's not just Michael Edwards or no. me, then. Okay, so I will give Bowley the benefit of the doubt here, um, where... You know, you said, well, we want to get, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to role play Bowley now. I'm going to okay. say, look, Jules, I got you. I know what you're saying. Director of football, most important thing. I get it. I run a baseball team. My general manager is super important yeah. because he thinks long term, whereas coaches inevitably think short term, right? The problem is because I also want to think long term, I want to get the right director of football and not just bring some, some, some schlub in yeah, yeah. You know, for a year, right? No, no, that uh, makes sense. So we went for Michael Edwards, right? Best in class, arguably, yeah. you know, yeah, along yeah. with usual candidates. We weren't able to do that. Somebody had to do the deals. Rather than bringing in somebody who, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, I did the deals myself. And I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to support my manager, you know, as best he can. Because Tuchel knows more about football than I do, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to give Bowley the, yeah, yeah, no, no, the benefit that, of the doubt. Yeah, so do we think this is what happened, right? Yeah, this is what happened. Okay. We know that's what happened. Where this whole thing falls, for me, and what I would love to know, and Todd, you're, you're welcome on the show whenever you like. I mean, we, we, we literally are half a mile from where you're staying. Um, you go, you spend all this money, and again, resources are not infinite. Yeah. And then you get rid of the guy. And this is what I struggle with. And then... I'm sorry, maybe they, they were big Potter fans for a long time, although I don't know who put Potter on the radar, whatever. I mean, but for me, the, the other thing about Potter, or any kind of change now, is you mentioned it before, Potter, Potter's never had European football you know, yeah. to this scale, right? right? Soon, on top yeah. of that, we have this congested, super congested uh, uh, schedule. Yeah. 
Potter works on the training pitch. Potter, I, no, I, I, I always bring this up, right? You're if right. He, and what time is he going to have? None. They have an international break at the end of September when Everybody all the players are going to be away anyway. Yeah. And then it's balls to the wall until the World Cup starts. And this is where your Champions League future is going to be decided. Possibly your, um, your, 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 you know, your Premier League standing. You know, it could be a big yeah. hill to climb. What I don't understand is why not stick with Tuchel until the World Cup and see where you are. Uh, the advantage of that is you can better assess some of these guys who've come in. You can see where, you know, I, I don't, can, can Tuchel screw it up? Sure. You know, and obviously if you slip down into the relegation places or near the bottom, then you get rid of him earlier, right? Then you're forced to do it. But give it a little more time. For all the, the chaos and gnashing of teeth and tearing yeah. of hair and, you know, biblical plagues, Chelsea are, what, six points out of first place? Five points out of first place? Something like that? Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're sixth in the table. They're, they're, they're a couple points out of the Champions League. All right, so they lost to Dinamo Zagreb away. Okay, fine. The group ah, yeah, isn't that, not, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not irretrievable at this point. No. That is the part, that, that is the mystery that okay, I can't so wrap one, my head around. There's one point that you haven't mentioned, and it's the relationship between Thomas Tuchel and his own players. Because I think that that relationship was very strained already. I, you, you, I mean, English people love this, oh, he lost the dressing room, blah, 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 which doesn't make anything, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really mean anything. However, that relationship was not great. Maybe not with everybody in that dressing room. There, there were still probably mm. some guys, some players who still liked him, still were maybe closer to him than others. But that relationship as a whole, wasn't great anymore. I think a lot of the players were disappointed by how the season ended last season because he, f he had issues and we said that in his private life that I think um, spelled onto the pitch. No, not spelled, but like... They, 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 they certainly impacted yeah, Chelsea's impacted. running. Yeah. And I, like, remember they, the West Ham game where he literally stayed, sat down for over an hour on his bench, not moving, not saying anything, not telling, not telling anything to his own players who were struggling in the game that they were really, really poor. I think there was a lot of players because man management and relationship. Okay, he's he's okay at it, but this is not his forte. He's no. you know he's got a very special personality in many respects, and also the fact that he kept finding excuses that were never his fault. And I think a lot of players in the end got to be fed up by the fact that he was either the referee or the pitch or the players or the fitness or this and that, but never his own tactical choices. Where at times. It was very hard to understand what he was trying to do on the pitch. And suddenly well, now, they've got no idea what to do with the ball. What I would say there, and it's 100%, I mean, I had the opportunity to speak to a couple of Chelsea players as well and have done, and that's been the feedback. So the feedback I got, and yours might be different, is that in terms of the leaders in the dressing room, you know, people like Thiago Silva, who is obviously still very important to him, you know, yeah, be up for, uh, for another season. Jorginho, not necessarily super happy of being in and out, but, you know, he still had them on board, but they all, to a man, I think, I'm not putting words in their mouth, but, no, but, but yeah, yeah. there certainly were elements there who didn't under, who were frustrated by playing time, frustrated by, by his decisions, and not really understanding where are we going with this. I mean, certainly, if I'm Ben Chilwell, for example, yeah. I don't understand, or if I'm another player, actually, I don't understand, wait, Chile was okay last year. You know, he's not ripping it up. But is this really where we needed to spend the money? 60 million on, 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 on Kukurea? 
is, is this really the, you know, the the the, the guy with the hair? You know, Brighton, yeah, Brighton no, Venduzzi. No, no, sorry, I'm being unkind. He's, he's a better player. But, but no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's, you know a fair, like, it's still a fair point. And and people could see how strained he was. But the thing is, if the players had, and we said well, this goes back to the end of last season, if they could see it, surely Bowley and Algabi could see it too. Surely they saw it too. Surely then what you do is you make a change in the summer. Or you say, Hey yeah. Tommy, work with what you have for now. Let's keep some of these three hundred million aside. And then see where we are, and then we do a rebuild, and we have the money yeah. there for the rebuild. And there's certainly some players who who thought that maybe Tuchel would not be there at the start of the season. Well, no question, there was. Yeah. yeah, and and I think his comments in preseason after the Arsenal defeat that was a heavy defeat. Remember where he said like, "I'm worried, we're not ready. Where you know where where kind of where are we where are we going?" But again, not own, not owning the situation, and I think. If you talk Brayley, you don't want a manager who always finds find excuses. And I, and I think that, again, we go down to the relationship between Todd Brayley and, and Thomas Tuchel. In, Todd Bowley. You, it sounds like you're saying Tom Brady to me. Tom Brady, sorry. Todd Bowley. Bowley? Bowley. Bowley. Maybe at some point you say, like, you know what? This is not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get better. You and I are not going to like each other because... Because we know it, we're too different. We see things differently. I want young players. You want to use that money to buy more experienced players. You want some players like Aubameyang that I don't want in my squad. I don't want to pay 30 or 14 million pounds plus Marcos Alonso for a 33-year-old. Well, the Alba, but to me, the Aubameyang deal is the pinnacle of this, right? Yeah, I think this what? is the last straw. I know, but you did it. You enabled him to do it. If, if, if I enable my child to go and eat ice cream on the sofa and then they spill it all over the place, then it's my fault. I know, but the new manager would have needed a striker anyway. He doesn't need a freaking Aubameyang and all that know, money but, so, for, for, the, for, 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 for this guy? But, but then, Seriously? Aubameyang? No, no, but in the sense... No, what I, manager wants this? No, 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 I hear you, but it's still better than no one. So I think he got to a point where he's like, no, he's okay, not better even, than no one because no one in this case is Armando Brogia, and I would rather have him than Aubameyang. But but, but 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 Potter, whoever comes in, might play Brogia and not Aubameyang at all and freeze him out, right. maybe. And then you spend all this money on somebody you don't need and who's unhappy and whatever. Yeah, and no, 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 I know. Right. But I think the line was thin in the sense like, okay, we need someone. Whoever is on that bench, we need someone else. We need another body. I think we could all see that. Maybe not Aubameyang, but it was too late anyway. So it was him or no one. You pick him. But it shows again the tension and the strain between Bowley, Tuchel, Tuchel, the dressing room. I think there was a lot of players in that dressing room who said, really? Obama Young? When you send Lukaku back, because you could not work with him, by the way. After, Lukaku going back. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry, after you broke balls to sign him. Yeah. Let's, exactly. let, let, let's be clear about this. I mean, people say, oh, well, Lukaku was a club sign. Club signing from who? You think Roman Abramovich says, oh, I really need to have the big fella back? No. This was you. Yeah. So and you know so again this is this is I understand I agree with you on the timing and maybe giving him more time, but let's remind everyone that the relationship was bad and the situation was bad for all those decisions that some made that a lot of people didn't agree with and and the other way around as well. Two more points to make on this. One is you mentioned Pochettino. Let's talk Pochettino. If I'm sitting there, are you disappointed? I think I think he should be disappointed because he's there on a free, being a proven top six Premier League manager already. So not like, yeah, we can say, okay, he, he was not good at PSG. 
and and that kind of like put a little doubt over his ability to go to a club like Chelsea, maybe. But for Graham Potter, it's like this is all new to him. Posh knows that stuff. Okay, again, I'm all about giving benefit of the doubt to Bowley. Are there two other factors which could have impacted this? Number one, this still matters to, to a portion of Chelsea fans, are the ones who actually go to the stadium, not the ones who are, what? you know, He's a former Spurs but guy. He's a back. very like, Spurs guy. The Battle of Stamford Bridge and everything. Okay, so Conte, uh, well, Conte what AVB. No, but like, come on. It's not like if no but managers, those, sorry, sorry. I manage both. No, no, but those guys, went in the, those guys went in the opposite direction. They all went ah, in the opposite. Well, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm wondering if that played into his head a little bit, right? Um, Maybe. Uh, I remember years ago, many, many years ago, when I was a kid, George Graham was linked to uh, to Chelsea, and I remember like the whole stadium singing, "You can stick George Graham up your backside." Um, rightly so, yeah. in my opinion. Well, but I anyway, love them to sing that, Poch. <laughs> um, so, I'm only, um, the other thing with Poch is Poch is a pretty forthright guy. So, if I'm Bowley, and again, I'm in Bowley benefit of the doubt mode right now, I'm thinking I want to build that structure with the director of football, general manager, my Michael Edwards type wet dream at the top. Yeah. Um, Potter has worked in that system. Potter is compliant in that system. Potter's a collegial guy. He talks to people. Ashworth, what do you think? Okay, I'll trust you here, whatever. Um, Pochettino, both at Paris Saint-Germain and certainly at Spurs, where, you know, they went through several directors of football while he was there. Yeah. Maybe he isn't so much the Maybe. kind of guy who, who says, guy comes in and says, I'm the potch here. You know, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. You know, I... Maybe that played into it too. Maybe. But, but I think then if you go down the route of the top, top managers already, there would be, there would be also a lot like that. It's not just, it's not just Poch. I think there's a lot like that. So, Ancelotti's not like that. Maybe not Carlo, <laughs> but he's the But Okay, you, you went down, you, yeah. you are going down the portal way for that. For, that's part of your, of one, that's one of the reasons. Okay, let's see if it works. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Potter. I want, I want to see him. I'm actually... Really excited to see if all his methods, all his philosophy tactically can work in there with that dressing room, which not maybe there's not big egos like you have in Paris or at United, but it's not an easy dressing room and it won't be as easy as the one in Brighton, for sure. And so I, I, I want to see it. I just feel like if you're Poch, you have to be disappointed. Um, final point on this. Obviously, we've both been in this media game for a long time. I, and this is kind of something I'm, I'm telling Listeners out there, again, I, I like to lift the lid a little bit. <laughs> of how you do that. Work. This always happens when there's a sacking, right? Yeah. You get the club want to get their point across. The club employ people to go to speak to journalists on what we call background, where they reveal stories of all the bad things, all the stupid things the manager did. And these are probably generally true. Maybe yeah. some are a yeah. bit exaggerated. That's why, look, you have it at United. United, in some ways, is the worst. Oh, like Rangnick goes, oh, all the stupid things. Rangnick, Solskjaer. Oh, all the bad things. That were, you know, like Van Hal and his email. And, oh, Mourinho was a weirdo. But the same thing happened to Mourinho when he left Spurs, by the way. Um, so you get all the reasons. So that, so that then people can write. Like, it is understood. The inside story of this and that, you know. Um, it all comes directly from somebody at the club who doesn't have the guts to be quoted on any of this. Because my take is also, yeah. you know what, yeah. if it's all true, then tell us. Now, Tuchel, on the other hand, or not Tuchel so much probably, but his agent, his people, yeah. presumably his people, are doing the same thing. Because yeah. that story and build 
which I thought was hilarious about Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, as, as the story goes, Boldy goes, hey, what do you think, Cristiano Ronaldo? And I can imagine Tuchel rolling his yeah. eyes. You remember Tuchel at like six foot five, towering yeah. over Boldy. Who I don't know if Boldy is as short as he looks, but you know, he looked. You know, he was a yeah. college wrestler, right? He's got that squat, compact, and just rolling his eyes and saying, just simply, no, right? And then it's like, how come? And then rolling his eyes again and being like, do I really have to explain it to you? I mean, unless Boldy want to have a philosophical discussion, I kind of feel you don't need to. You don't need an explanation why Cristiano Ronaldo to Chelsea would have no. been a terrible idea in so many different ways, right? But they didn't speak the same language anyway. That's also part of the problem. I, but I think the worst is that I think Boldy asked a few times through the summer about Cristiano. Hey, still no for Cristiano? No. Uh, what about Cristiano? No. Well, what about Cristiano? No. I mean, the, how many times? It's, if it, if it's not in in July, it won't be in at the end of August either. No. And and this is the other thing. I, I can only assume he had George Mendes in his ear, of course, throughout the summer. And again, if you own a club and if you're the interim direct sporting director, as, as he put it, you got to talk to George Mendes. It's a fact to, of life. Of course. But equally, enough. Understand. Yeah. You should know. Either you can grow up with football, you should know why, you know, not because Cristiano's a bad player or a bad person, but why Cristiano at Chelsea with Tuchel at this time would have really been a very, very poor idea. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, Jules, let's talk about actual football on the pitch. And I feel like yes. the game... And then, by the way, Dinamo Zagreb fans, I know a lot of you watch. Big shout out to you. Yeah, big shout out to Orsic, Bruno Pekovic, great pass. Yeah. All this stuff. Well, I'm sorry well. we couldn't give you more love, but Tuchel kind of a bigger story. But, oh, you know, hopefully you'll get through. Yeah. And we'll talk about you again. But in the meantime, we got to talk about Liverpool. Wow. Now, I want to go out there. I believe Klopp's been to Naples four times and he has lost every single time. That's right. Um, equally, you can look at it the other way and say, on another occasion, uh, he went there, lost, and then won the Champions League. So, True. you know, exactly. You get, if you're superstitious, I don't yeah. think, I think this is all irrelevant. It's all in the past. It's all. What is relevant is that Liverpool were terrible. Liverpool played far worse in this game than they did before. Napoli were exceptional. So yeah. both things can be true. That is the only way to explain the fact that 
Napoli should have been 5-0 up at halftime, if not more. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm just counting the sitter that they missed and the penalty that they missed, right? Yeah, they were 3-0 right. up, would have yeah. been 5-0. Kvaskelia with the, uh, the sitter that was saved on the line by Van Dijk, let's put it that way. Uh, the penalty missed by Ozyman that maybe Zielinski should have taken, like, you know, like, the, like the first one that he took. And just Napoli exploiting perfectly all the weaknesses that we see, all the issues that we see right now with Liverpool, the high line, that is, that is left exposed by the lack of counter-press and press overall and, and being aggressive in midfield. And then, obviously, how terrible Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez are playing right now defensively this season. This, this was, like, pub team level, the defending from them too. We're going to dissect everything that went wrong for Liverpool, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to, to Napoli, just for of people course. who don't follow this. Napoli decided in the summer, all right, we're going to cut back massively on everything, right? Their their wage bill is about, I think it's about, it's a little more than half of what it was a year ago, right? They lost their longtime captain, local hero, Insigne. Yeah. They lost Dries Merchants, who was probably the most pop- popular player. He was, we'll get yeah. to that later. You know, possibly the most play- popular player at the club since Diego Maradona. And they lost their defensive rock, Kalidou Kalibali. Okay, you lose... People talk about leadership and big personalities. This is what you lost yeah. in the summer, okay? And to come back so strong, they're, they're, they're second in Serie A, two points behind uh, behind Atalanta, and to go and play with such ease, such confidence, that is a huge credit to Luciano Spalletti. Remember Zielinski linked with the move away all yeah. summer. He was phenomenal, two goals, and and of course that, that, that assist for uh, for Anguissa. Um Anguissa was, was phenomenal. Meret, another guy Everywhere. that, you know, got so Kim. much criticism, so much stick. Kim, the One big man the at the signing, back, yeah. filling Koulibaly's massive shoes. This was special. Yeah. I don't know if they can consistently play like this in the big games, I mean, and we saw them dropping point last season in at home especially, mm. and we, we've, we've seen it already this year. But when they're on it like this, and when... On top of it, they face a team lethargic or like Liverpool that has no clue what to do with the ball or without the ball. It's, it's fun for them to exploit that and, and destroy them. So a lot of times I thought Liverpool, even when they weren't always playing, and they didn't, haven't, didn't always play well in sort of the golden era of the last couple of years, um, they had big players who did big player type things. Okay, one of them, Sadio Mane, is gone. Yeah, uh, Luis Diaz, I thought was was okay. Um, you know, he did his part, but he's not Sadio Mane yet. No, right? Nunez, Firmino, for now, not really contributing. Mo Salah and Virgil Van Dijk, I think, are the two guys who, in the past, you know, when you're not playing well, could elevate. Yeah, yeah. and they they failed to do that. Why are they both down at the same time? I don't know. I think part of the problem, and I think they, the way they built their success was by outrunning everyone as well, being more intense than everybody. And this is, I think I checked last night, this is the six or seven game in a row this season where the opposition run more than Liverpool, have more sprints than the Liverpool players, and have more sprints at high intensity than the Liverpool players. So everything that has made them good... It's not, well, not, not everything, sorry. One of the, the, the biggest thing that they built all their success on, this is at the heart of everything Klopp has done, is gone. Whether that's because the midfield is not good enough 
to 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 do it mostly. I mean, why and is obviously James they Milner? had injuries and stuff like that. How come James Milner starts a game like this? I've got nothing against him. Great servant, great player. Whatever. If you Milner want. doesn't start, then you have to play Firmino in midfield or Matip in midfield. You run out of bodies. No, no, I know. Okay, but at least even in the build-up, I would rather have Firmino there than bloody James Milner who can't progress the ball anyway. He's never been able to. But just to go back on your point, Gab, the thing about Salah and Van Dijk, they need that intensity and they need that, you, you know, to outrun, they need the team to be, to be so good in terms of running more than the opposition because then Van Dijk is not so exposed and the high line is not so exposed and, you know, as good as he is or as good as he was before, there's a point that you can't always be running back towards your goal all the time. That there's a point where you can't be left 2v1. You can't be... And I think that also leads him to making mistakes that we haven't seen. I mean, I think the stats say like in 150 games before, never gave a penalty away. Now he's given two away in the last yeah. seven games. Fulham and Napoli on Wednesday night. And he could have been sent off with yeah. a different referee against Everton. And I think for Salah, we go back to the counter-press where Mane was so influential in... For Salah to be so efficient, the higher you recover the ball, the better it is for him. Yeah. If you don't recover those balls high up the pitch, then he loses a lot of, of, his, of his strength. And then he seems to play more as a playmaker now and wider than he's ever done before. So I'm not really sure what, what's the idea with him. Maybe he's trying to take responsibility somehow by wanting the ball Maybe. to feet more. Um, what, I mean, what, how, how would you think, how would you explain how how average they've been together so far this season. So, I, I, look, the fitness side, so I, I think there, there's several elements, right? I think there was such a balance to it. I mean, you've touched upon it before. When you press from the front efficiently, then the midfield becomes more more efficient. They have an easier thing plugging. They're not always chasing. And then, by consequence, um, the defense doesn't get exposed yeah. the way they do. Um the the fact that that's missing because there's a lack of chemistry because you know Nunez just arrived and then he's in and he's out and he gets suspended and whatever Firmino can't get around the way he used to all these things and Mane's not there yeah. all these things obviously uh, I think have an impact up front but one thing I want to point out though is even when Liverpool were dominant this thing with Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold being exposed they've always been exposed. They've always been caught up high at the pitch. The difference is that in the past, the number of times that they managed to recover because of their athleticism, because of their reading, because the angles they took, of all the things that make them a great... Mm. Those are two tremendous recovery defenders. But, you know, obviously, if you get exposed 10 times a game, it's difficult to recover 10 times. Yeah. I think that's the main difference. But that element of risk is always there. Now, Klopp said Liverpool need to reinvent themselves. What does that even mean? Well, you change the formation. You play three at the back. You play four, two, three, one. You're like, you can't, you can't do I, that now. I am genuinely wondering whether at this stage, where they are, given how short they are in central midfielders. And by the way, I don't want to jinx anything, right? Um, what happens if what happens if Fabinho gets hurt? Well, that would be... Um, could you look? Matip has played... Matip played in, has played in a midfield, in, in a back three in the past. Um I know. I don't think Firmino has, but obviously he's played right back. He's intelligent. Yeah, you, you play some to back. You, you could you could slot him in there, in the and he can four. play center back as well. I, I'm just wondering, purely hypothetically, there would he be? Might he be mulling over a back three with with say Fabinho, Van Dijk, and whatever Konate or whoever you want to put? Yeah, or Matip. Matip, Van Dijk, Konate, and then you leave Fabinho in midfield, maybe. and then you leave Robertson and, and and Trent free in that sense, and then yeah, you can either leave Fabinho in in midfield as an extra shield. I mean. 
it's a different kind of pressing, but you do have you do have that cover, and then you can you, know, you can play Darwin through the middle or or whatever. You, you can you can range the front three any way you yeah. like. You can put Firmino behind you know sort of in a, in a ten position and, and Salah and Diaz wide, play Salah or whatever. There's a lot of solutions right at that point. Um, the difficulty for him is how do you make that adjustment on the slide when there's so many fixtures? One exactly. Again, you don't have time to work on a training run or or anything like that. I think I and just to finish, I I think Trent maybe needs a rest because okay, you can be caught, you can have a wrong positioning. You, there's a lot of things you can as a defender that you can do, but not putting the effort, not running. I mean, the, the Angisa goal, he's literally there, stands, he's standing, he's standing up. Looking at the ball, not even moving. It's not even like he's jogging. Nothing. There's nothing. But how can at that level, and as good as he is, how can you not give more of, of, of yourself? Thinking like, okay, I need to do. I need to recover. I need to go and I need to. I need to cover. I don't know anything. Who is he's like a passenger. Who is Liverpool's reserve right back? A young Calvin Ramsey. Who arrived oh, in the summer? I was going to say James Milner. Oh, James Milner. Which, <laughs> no, you don't want him in the lineup. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't even know. Like, it's it's tough, and you know, I think now is when he's got to do a psychological job as well. Harvey Elliott had a poor game. He's very, very young. Yeah. So you want to nurture him. For him, I, I'm just saying, from a man management perspective, how do you talk to Harvey Elliott and say, "Kid, you're still a kid. You had an absolute stinker. I'm not going to lie to you. You were terrible, as were most of your teammates. Yeah, yeah. But I believe in you." Keep going. How does he find it in himself? You know, again, I don't know the kid. Maybe he's got one of those iron personalities. But this is where, as a manager, I think you really earn your chops. It's with those players who can contribute who had bad games. And obviously the same applies to Trent as well. Van Dyke, obviously, you speak to differently. Van Dyke's had poor periods of his career before. Um, Hopefully he knows how to deal with it. And Salah, of course, as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Liverpool. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Paris Saint-Germain beat Juventus 2-1. Jules, that Mbappe kid is a bit special. Wow, wow. First goal, incredible. The um, I learned a new word. How do you say... Um... So the, the assist from Neymar, that ball, you know, that little dink, is called yeah. a louche in French because you put your foot under the ball and you you lift it yes. like this, like you know, like a the cucchiaio, a spoon in the time. Not really a spoon. It's it's more what, what the spoon that you serve soup with. Oh, you're even more specific. Yeah, in what is it in English? Uh, a soup spoon, ladle or what, something oh, like ladle. that. Yeah, oh, whatever, nice. something like that. Well done to PSG. They fell asleep a bit at the start of the second half and allowed Juve to come back a bit and got a little scared. 
but they were really good for most of the game. So well done to them. I'm surprised Allegri changed it up. Back three, front two. I thought it was not a bad idea to start with. And they weren't terrible relative to the recent outings. True. But still, I think in terms of in- intentions, it could be much better. And Gab, four Juventus fans were stopped by police for making uh, racist gestures at the Parc des Princes and UFR have opened an investigation. Yeah, so obviously it's always good when people open an investigation. It's interesting because there's, I think, what UEFA do is they have deals with different anti-racism organizations. So they have they have observers there who you know sit in in, in the stands and collect information and, and like record stuff themselves. Most leagues have this. Um, in this case, I, I watch some of these videos. Right, these guys are complete idiots. I mean, yeah. leaving aside that what they're doing is despicable, was... right? They're abuse. They're racially abusing other fans, making monkey gestures and stuff like that, and Nazi salute. Dude, you're standing in front of a bunch of people who are all carrying cell phones like yeah. this one. Uh, you're going to get busted. I want these yeah. guys named. And, and I hope you would say these guys aren't coming back to the stadium for a long, long time, yeah. if at all. Yeah. Real Madrid went 3-0 away at Celtic. Oh, look, Celtic yeah, jersey. Contribute to the incredible atmosphere. To, to our boy Ange. It was but do we need to hold our breath regarding Karim Benzema? I'm being told it's not too serious, Gab. Matter of three weeks, maybe four weeks, just to not take any risk. Um, it's a muscular injury, but the, the, the knee could have, been, could have been hurt. It's not hurt, the meniscus in the end. It's a bit of a scare. Let's not forget that he's getting older and he's, he's played a lot last season. So, you know, I think they need to manage him a little bit. Uh, cautiously, let's put it that Good way. thing Ancelotti has that long list of Benzema replacements. Mariano Diaz, talented. Hazard, exactly. Marco Asensio, Rodrigo. All of yeah. that. Bayern bounced back from consecutive draws in the Bundesliga by winning 2-0 away at Inter. Normal service resumes, Gab, with an added Leroy Sané's magic. Oh, he was in That touch when, the first goal. Oh. Sané's good. He is basically <laughs> unplayable. Doesn't happen all the time. I mean, if Nagelsmann ever harnesses his powers, um, the guy's going to be scary. Oh. Uh, Inter, to their credit, they tried to be... I, I thought I thought they were pretty bold. I yeah, mean, they were playing Mkhitaryan, you know, dropping Barella a, a big call, playing Mkhitaryan in, in midfield. But really, apart from that, for first 15, 20 minutes um, at the start of the second half, after, you know, when they were a goal down, looked like maybe they could get back into it. Yeah. Um, but no, not enough for Simone Inzaghi. Too no shame, left. I think, in losing this one. No. Just the two goals for Erling Holland as Manchester City trounced Sevilla four 0 Jules. Yeah. He's slowing down. Yes, a bit slowing down. We were expecting the uh, the hat trick. He's still twenty five goals in twenty appearances in the Champions League, which is which is sick. Do you love this parallel between Holland and Mbappe consecutive days? It's it's a little kind of goat potential goat audition. I yeah? know. I just I I think they're gonna push each other even more, and they're gonna like sort of motivate each other. Uh, and who knows? Maybe one day they will play with each other, and now. Would be pretty cool to to see as well, but in the meantime, I mean Sevilla were were dreadful. I'm not really sure what Lopetegui tried to do with his back five and playing Papu and Isco as their forward. Like, but anyway, hanging by a thread at this stage. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if he was side very soon. Robert Lewandowski gets his first hat trick for Barcelona as they beat Victoria Plitzen five one. Third hat trick with the third different team in the Champions League. By the way, incredible as well. Sure, Victoria Plitzen not very good. Um, but Barcelona put on a clinic and I, I thought it was nice Frank Kessie getting his first goal I, yeah. I, I want Barcelona fans to appreciate how different he is from the others and he can bring you so much this season That's if you true. use him uh, correctly I love the old school Sergio Roberto Jordi Alba fullback partnership I don't yeah. know how often we're going to see that again but it's nice to see 
I don't have Lewandowski. He's just such an all-rounder. Right? We, we knew, always knew he's incredibly technically gifted, but I feel that, you know, you must have loved the little back heel. Of course, and of course. I, I kind of feel that he's, maybe in this environment, Barcelona, he's even more free to be an all-rounder rather than just, you know, a center forward who yeah. scores 50 goals in a season. Completely. Tottenham Hotspur beat Marseille 2-0 with two late Richarlison headers. Jules, it was very tough going until Chancel and Bemba got sent off. In fact, even after that, it was tough going. Yeah, very average performance from Spurs. Marseille played really well and were maybe even the, the better side in the first half. They didn't do much with the ball, but still, the way they controlled the game and the tempo of it was great. And then that red card, as you said, on 47th minute, just changed the whole dynamic. After that, they were a bit more under pressure, but still defended well until that cross from Perisic that should not have been allowed to cross even on his right foot. And then no marking on Richarlison. And after the first goal, then it was inevitable. That first we shot and goal, Hugo Lloris made a yeah. save in like an injury time in the first half. I know. Crazy. But still, if, it felt like, okay, it's another defeat for Marseille and they lose a lot in the Champions League. But it could have been maybe a little bit better on a, on a better day without the red card. Salzburg and Milan battle, battle to a 1-1 draw, Gab. Were you expecting a little bit more from Pioli's crew in that game? Um... I'm not sure. Not after the derby. Salzburg are a pain in the backside oh, yeah. to play so against. They're, they're, they're so intense. I thought they hung in there. They had the, they had the chance to win it uh, at the end, which might have been slightly unkind to, to Milan. But I think when you go through this, you, you budget for a draw away to Salzburg. Now, yeah. of course, they got to go and beat them at home. Shakhtar Donetsk with one of the feel-good stories of this Champions League round, winning 4-1 away at Leipzig. Yeah, incredible performance overall. I mean, it was poor from Leipzig, which would cost uh, cost his place to Tedesco. We, that's the next question. But credit credit to Shakhtar, considering the, the context, the situation. Yeah, it's not just the war at the home, lack of preparation. the fact that they're, you know, it's Shakhtar Donetsk, but they're not actually playing Donetsk. Yeah. It's the fact that they lost, what, like 10 players? Maybe all the more Brazilians, the pretty summer. much, yeah, have all gone. Um, and and yeah, you have one of your favorite players there, yeah? Yeah, Michaelo, uh, yeah, Michaelo Murdic, the young 21-year-old winger that they have from the academy who's, who was amazing in that game. He was linked with a few English clubs at the, towards the end of the transfer window. So remember the name Murdic because that was pretty special. Murdic or Mudrik? What did I say? Murdick, I said? No, Mudrick. Uh, no relationship with Modric, but yeah, very, very special player as well. By the side, no, a good week for German managers and German clubs and guys whose name means German in Italian. Domenico Tedesco is at Leipzig and Marco Rosa has now been appointed to replace him. Yeah, I, obviously the defeat to Eintracht, I think, you know, obviously they always come out and say this. Oh, no, we decided before the game, you know, like whatever. Yeah. They're just leaking way too many goals. Defensively, it's a mess. And it's funny because you know, people said, oh, Tedesco's you know, too defensive for, for Leipzig. Well, <laughs> this evidence, given the number of goals that, uh, that, that they've been shipping. Yeah. Marco Rosa had an absolute nightmare in Dortmund. I, I saw at Gladbach, he really showed cool. that he's a real coach. He's got the, uh, the company DNA, yeah, shall we say. Link. Um, he needs to turn it around, I think, quickly. Uh, he's got, but he's got the, the, the talent there. He's got the tools yeah. there to do it. Wild ending in the Atletico Madrid Porto game, Jules, but it turns into a good night all around for the Simeone family. Yes, that's right, Gab. Giovanni scored for Napoli, of course, and then kissed the, the Champions League board that he's got tattooed on his on his arm that he did when he was 13 as a as a dream to one day play. 13? How old were you when you got your first tattoo? Not 13. I don't think my dad would have been happy. I don't think El Cholo himself was happy with Joe doing that. I, I got mine at 16, but it was in a place where <laughs> my dad didn't normally uh, look. <laughs> 
But then good night for Atletico as well, although it didn't look that way until the 91st minute. Hermoso scored the first goal of all people. We thought, okay, this is it. They've won it. But then Hermoso himself gives away a penalty for like a stupid reflex. Penalty which Oblak nearly saves. Yeah, on Uribe. And then in the last kick of the game, Antoine Griezmann, the saviour who came on on the hour. We know why. With the lack <laughs> of the game. Well done to Atletico. Mr. 60 minutes. Yeah, Mr. 60 minutes. Or maybe minutes. Mr. 30 minutes or under 30 minutes. A goalkeeping howler and tight semi-automatic offside decision give Bruges a win over Bayer Leverkusen. Our boy Rico Suave, Gab, has lost six of his first seven games now. Yeah, I want to talk about the offside first on, on Chick. We have semi-automatic offsides. It's a reason. People say, oh, this isn't what VR was invented for. No, I want clean decisions. That's fine. I got yeah. no problem with it. Uh, yeah, tough, tough going for our boy uh, Gerardo. Um, because this was a season when, you know, they hung on to Schick and Yabi. Yeah. They added Callum hudson Adoy. A lot of people had them going uh, as a third force in the, um, in, in the Bundesliga, maybe even the second force. Didn't work out that way, but shout out to Bruges because you were down on them when we did our Champions League preview. I wasn't. And and they still have Hans Van Aken, Mr. Champions League. Ajax destroying Rangers 4-0. Jules, there's evidently life after losing so many players. But guess what? I think I'm going to list them in song. There's Haller and Gravenberch, Martinez and Masrawi, Peirchers, Onana, Talia Fico, and of course, Antony. That's right, yeah. No, I've I've heard you doing better all than right, that. All right, I'll work that. This is extemporaneous. Yeah, it was. Yeah, all these guys leave and then be Rangers. Team. Okay, Rangers are not very good. Let's be honest here. Uh, and they they gifted them some goal, like the fourth one that Bergwijn scores. But Mohamed Kudus, fantastic. I mean, just collectively, this Ajax Kudus team was tried great. to leave too. Wow. I mean, just Tavernier is still wondering how how to defend on him. So pretty impressive from Ajax. They would be. Better opponents, of course, and starting with with next week. But this was a, a very good start for sure. A goal and an assist for Marcus Edwards, who leads Sporting to a huge 3-0 win away at Frankfurt. Yes, the Enfield uh, Messi, as he was right, once known. Uh, he was one of the kids. He grew up in your backyard. Yeah, did, of did, course. Did, did you see him as a kid? Did you ever I didn't kick see the him, ball around with him? But I knew of him, of course, and especially when he when he was at the Spurs Academy. I, I love this story because obviously Ruben Amarim, I think, is a very good coach. But, you know, an Eintracht buzzing coming off to the big win at the weekend against, yeah. against Leipzig. But I, I love the fact, I mean, we, again, same thing applies to Potter, right? You don't get a chance in England as a young player. What do you do? You can either sit on the bench, collect your money, go mope in the championship somewhere, or, hey, look, I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to learn something new. And you know what? When he went abroad, he didn't go to sporting. He went to, I think it was Vittoria Guimaraes, right? I'm going to prove myself here. He's done that. He got the big move in the summer for him, and I'm happy he's doing it on the big stage. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Borussia Dortmund beat Copenhagen 3-0. Jules, after a dicey start this season, Edin Terzic is getting it right, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Copenhagen, Copenhagen again, not very good. Certainly not good enough for Dortmund, who were relentless, especially in the first half in their movement, the way they recovered the ball, the counter-press. All that worked really well. We had a great Jude Bellingham. Jorena coming on for Torgan Hazard, who got injured early on with two assists. Well nice to see Reyna play more than 45 minutes. Yeah, without getting injured. I think it's like his third appearance this season. He's yeah. easing back in. Exactly. Really good. And they look good. But again, a bit like Ajax, they will have tougher opponents uh, later on in the competition. This was back on Monday night in Serie A. But Gab, we need to show some love. Atalanta, top of Serie A. And this is relevant because 
for two reasons, essentially. One is Atalanta kind of went off the boil at the end of the last yeah. season. It was yeah. obvious to everybody to kind of, you know, that they slowed down. There were doubts about whether Gasparini was going to stay. Um, they brought in new players. They're doing it differently this year. They're doing it by not conceding many goals. Coop Miners has been an absolute oh my God, revelation. Yes. They don't play it a million miles. Or rather, they do sometimes. Sometimes they don't. And it's fantastic. Now, they haven't really played anybody good except for Milan. And they drew with Milan. Yeah. It was Monza they beat on Monday night. So let's wait for the test. But it's nice to see them near the top. Two, go- two goals early in the second half propelled Benfica past Maccabi Haifa. But Jules, you love your techers, so I know that all you're going to want to talk about is that Alex Grimaldo goal. Um, how do you put that kind of weird spin on it? Like, what? I don't know. He hits it with his laces, and he went to, like top corner, top top. You can't do more top corner. But you're right. The ball sort of floating a bit and comes down. We said often, and sometimes we'll be mean with him. Well, we're not mean, but we said if he if he if he was good. He would have left a long time ago. However, really, I, I thought Benfica always hung on to their best players. However, don't be mean. However, this was a very special goal. He gave the cross for Rafa Silva for the first goal as well. So overall, a very good night for Grimaldi and for Benfica. Uh, Grimaldo, Alex, if you're watching, turn Grimaldo. this into an NFT. That's a good idea. Ben Leno moved to Fulham from Arsenal over the summer and he had a few things to say, uh, Gab, like the fact that losing his starting spot to Aaron Ramsdale was about politics, not performance. Gab, any idea what he's talking about? Uh... No, so I'm going to go and put words into his mouth, um, as we in the media like to do. But if about politics, not performance, I can assume that what he means is Arteta liked Ramsdale more. Arteta maybe wanted, maybe the club wanted a younger goalkeeper. Yeah, maybe an Englishman. <laughs> this is going to be a theme in the next question, too. Uh, I think all these things, things coming together... I also personally don't think that Leno was that good. And I think Ramsdale's yeah. been exceptional. I, yeah, so I when he says not performance, yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe in your head, to me, Ramsdale is a much better goalkeeper and he's shown it. Yeah, I agree. More moaning from departed players. Eric Bai, now at Marseille, says United prioritized English players. It's not clear to me if he's talking about Solskjaer or Rangnick or Ten Hag. Yeah. If it's Ten Hag, I might point out that it's probably news to Varane and Lisandro Martinez that they're English. True, but even if we don't know what manager was referring to, we know what player. Because I think this is all on the head. <laughs> Phil Jones! <laughs> no, sorry. And Harry Maguire, of course. But you're not happy. Maybe he has a point, maybe he doesn't. I, I don't know. I don't know if he really was that good at training to, 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 to make a case that he should have been playing and should have been starting for United when he did play. He was not that amazing either, but yeah, maybe he could have had a, a bit of a more of a run of a game at times. I mean, I, the, I the, the I thing which gets me about now. these comments is he was signed four managers ago, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, memory. And neither of them has played him. Um, so yeah, none of those managers are English, by the way. Uh, Sol, well, Solskjaer, Norwegian, yeah. semi-English, whatever. But the other ones definitely not. Yeah. Um, so, and he's been injured. He's been injured for so much of this long spell, and they gave him a new contract. I mean, at some point, if Bai was better, I, I can't imagine Solskjaer, when, when he's being pelted, or, or Rangnick, when, when people are, are saying what a fool he is, says, oh, wait, no, 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 let me stick with Maguire because he's English, even though I think Bai is better. No, I think they just made their decisions yep. right or wrong. I'm with you. Juventus looks set, look set sorry, to announce losses of $250 million in 21-22 season after losing 210 million 
the year before. Gab, how concerned should supporters be? By the way, Jules, that's 250 million in 2021-22, when of course Cristiano Ronaldo and his 65 million uh, euro gross paycheck plus the 25 million amortization, yeah. not on the books. Um, that's bad. It is bad. So. There's two ways about it. Part of the reason the losses actually rose when obviously 21-22 was, was less pandemic impacted than the year before has to do with the fact that a bunch of players took pay cuts or deferred wages. Yeah. So the wage bill actually actually rose when it kind of went back to normality in 21-22. Um, so that was kind of physiological. We knew it was going to be a lot. I, they, they shouldn't be concerned in the sense that the cash is there, the the XOR, uh, the company that controls it, that it's run by the Pizzinelli family company. You know, they they put in the four hundred million before they had budgeted for this. It is a worry. I hope they treat it as a wake up call about how they spend their money, especially those big contracts for older players. You know, Di Maria, he got a short term contract. I can live with that. You know, they have started, or at least at club level. Yeah. You know. Arriva Bene, since he's been there, has said we need to prioritize being a little more rational with this. You know, no, no, no more of this Aaron Ramsey, Sammy Kadira. Yeah. Well, Sammy Kadira was okay, but Aaron Ramsey, Emre Sean, Rabio. We didn't discuss how bad Rabio was against Whoa. against this former club. Um, so look, they need to. They can work their way out of it. They yeah. will work their way out of it, but it's going to take a while. Sticking with Juve, Paul Pogba has decided to have surgery after all. Jules, do you think Juve fans will see him before the new year? No, I don't. I don't, Gavin. Max Allegri said already, well, we'll have him back in, in January, uh, which uh, it doesn't mean that he would miss the World Cup. But he means like if he gets fit, surgery went well, it was on Monday night. But the World Cup starts now in 68 days or something like that, yeah. 69 they're, they're days. They're talking two months, so he's going to have just enough time so, to start to recover and start training. Recover and pretty much start training and then go with France and then see if he's if, if that's even possible and then play at the World Cup without without having played, I think, any minute at club level this season, which would be crazy. I don't know what Deschamps will do. This is a nightmare because remember, he chose not to have the surgery back in August when he could have had the surgery back then and will be ready now to come back. He thought he could manage it, which I yeah, think without is, the surgery, which was we said at the time was very very risky. It was risky, but he did it for. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with his choices here because he's saying, "I want to be loyal to Juve. I want to be able to contribute. So I'm going to take this risk that, that that I can be fit and I can play between now and the World Cup." Once he saw that it was going to be difficult, he said, "Well, I'm going to have this injury, prioritize the World Cup, and be back. You know, hopefully 100 second half of yeah. the season." Sinisa Mihailovic has been sacked as coach of Bologna after a poor start. Gab, there's a lot of sympathy for him, of course, given that he's living with cancer. Yeah, I diagnosed three and a half years ago. Now, look, um, and, and it's, it's been incredibly touching because obviously he looks different. He lives with pain, um, but he goes out there and, and he does his job. Now, this does not this does not mean that you have to keep your you get to keep your job in perpetuity yeah, yeah, just because you're, you're ill. However, um, it's been five games. Yeah, he didn't have the best start, but let's not forget uh, they sold Bologna. He accepted, first of all, Bologna going from a team that was you know, trying to compete, maybe outside shot Europa League, to, to, to basically going with kids. Yeah. And they sold so many of his best kids in the summer, um, and they had a bumpy start to the season. If you wanted to part ways with Mihailovic because you think he's outdated or whatever, I mean, the rumors Thiago Mokta's coming in, obviously. Yeah. Much more attacking football. Um, do it in the summer. 
I, I think this is pretty humiliating to, to do it now yeah, in these conditions. And I think, frankly, he deserved better. Jules, you're wearing a replica shirt. How much did you love seeing Joey Barton among the Marseille fans? And, of course, Dries Mertens, not just among the oh. Napoli fans, but wearing that oh. 1980s Diego Maradona Amazing. jersey. Amazing. Let me start with... With Chiro Mertens, amazing to see that him there with his wife. He obviously still has his house in Naples. And being there as a fan, seeing how much he means to the club and to the fans and how much the club and the fans mean to him, that was pretty special. Joey Barton, also with the away fans at the Tottenham Stadium, with the Marseille fans. A video emerged on social media of, of him sort of insulting PSG and, and Parisians overall and repeating what the Marseille fans were telling him in French. Maybe not the most classy, but he wanted to go and, and support his old club. So I can kind of live with it. Pardon my ignorance of the lower leagues. Is he still managing Fleetwood, yes? Fleetwood or maybe another League was One Fleetwood club. Or yeah, there was Fleetwood. It might be somewhere else now. Maybe. It was just funny because it was Fleetwood. If it was Fleetwood, I think it takes about as long to get from Fleetwood to North London as it does to get from Istanbul, where Merchants now lives, yeah. to, uh, to uh, Naples. Uh, <laughs> yes. Mia Pjanic is moving to the United Arab Emirates. They're celebrating at the company, aren't they, Gab? Great news. I was a tremendous deal. That is a lot of wages coming off, off. the books. Yes. Um, so you didn't need a lever for that, but it every little bit helps. It, it puts them in a stronger position and... You know, I think also takes some of the pressure off some of those other contracts that they were still trying to that they are that they are still trying to renegotiate. Um, I, I think it helps. As for Pjanic, yeah. I don't know what went wrong. Um, obviously, it's weird. You know, Pjanic and Arthur they both started declining at the same time. They've kind of had this weird like joined at the hip thing. Um, but I do remember Pjanic when he was good, and I remember yep, him being interviewed. And he's a bright young man, and. You know, if he can relaunch himself, at least have fun well, playing and maybe... No, 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 yeah. he's 32. He's not going to relaunch his career, but have fun playing, get some enjoyment out of football. He's there for the money. Come on. Not to enjoy his it's football. the same money he's getting before. Well, though he's got more years, I suppose. Yeah, but, exactly. It's yeah. a longer contract. Mauricardi has a new club. Yes! And yes! Juan Mata is on his way to join him. True. Jules... I was just going to ask this about Icardi, and then I looked up who's at Galatasaray. I did the same, actually. This <laughs> is pretty awesome. Like, this is honestly, you want to do like a retro run back in time, five years? <laughs> we have, uh, in addition to Mauricardi and Juan Mata, we have Muslera, yep. we have Patrick Van Alton, Sofiane Feguli. Remember, yep. you thought he was going to be the next big thing? Lucas Torreira, Dries Mertens, of course, Harris Seferovic. Sergio Oliveira, by the way, yeah. it was only last year that we thought Sergio Oliveira was really good. Yeah, yeah. Right. And my personal favorite. Of course. And I genuinely thought this guy had retired. No, was it, he came back last January, I think. Pafe Gomis. Remember he used to do that that crazy... Tiger, like, yeah, the Tiger, tiger celebration. Like, ah. You know he scored three goals this season. The things you discover. The, the guy's amazing. He's 37 years old. The guy's amazing. You know when you play those charity matches that are sometimes on television in England? <laughs> this, is, this is like, who do we have today? Oh, yeah, all those players. I mean, it's, it's great. I can see the appeal of going to Turkey in a way towards the end of the career if you've got nothing else. You still think that some of those players could do a decent job in, in a better league, better clubs. No offense to Turkey yeah. and obviously the Super League and, and Galatasaray or Fenerbahce or Besiktas, whatever. But yeah, I find that, I find that but funny. Because they're not all old. You know, Lucas Torreira is not an old player. I know we put like, you know, an oldies station. It's not all the case. They're not no, all but like what, comics, I think but what, I see, yeah, I get what the they idea. share is 
there was a point when we all thought, oh my God, these guys are going to be really, really yeah, good. Exactly. Some of them have been really good, like like Mata, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, and Chiro Mertens. But the thing about Turkey, and I mean, I spent a few days there, uh, obviously around the Champions League draw, is that you're going to a, you're going to a team, Galatasaray, which they have, what, like 10 million fans, 50 million fans. Yeah, crazy. You're playing in packed stadiums. It's a huge country. There's so, you're playing in a very competitive league where the tension... I mean, maybe these teams, you know, aren't great like they got a Europe, yeah, of, yeah. of yesteryear, but but it doesn't matter. You get that competition, you get to play, you have incredibly passionate fans. Good for and them. Istanbul is a great, apart from the traffic, it's an amazing city no, as well to live in. Yeah. And by the way, I was uh, speaking to to my friend who's uh, he's one of the people's assistants. He said apparently, like I think this year, I think they have 19 teams in the league because they're they're, they're cutting down from 20, and. I think, like he says, that we only have like six away trips all year because there's so many teams from, from that are actually yeah. from Istanbul. Serge Aurier is back, Gab. He becomes Nottingham Forest's 22nd signing of the summer. Yeah, I'll let you tell me about Serge Aurier and what he has left in, in the tank. The one, the, the man who uh, I remember years ago, our buddy Torquist Jim Carlson, we sat down with one of those like players to watch and stuff when he was very young. And he says, like, yeah, Serge Aurier, you know, he could be the Ivorian Danny Alves. Yeah, didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, but Paris uh, born and bred, so I can only love him. You know that. Um, I'm assuming he's on his way to Galatasaray next after Forest. Yeah, of course, <laughs> after Forest. I, I'm intrigued by these 22 signings thing. Okay, because obviously you need to reinforce the squad. They brought in some guys who are very good, some other guys who look like a roll of the dice. Serge Aurier, I'm guessing, you know, not a big risk, out of contract. If he works out, he contributes. I'm just interesting. How does Steve Cooper manage? All these new guys. You know, we talk about chemistry being I don't important think you or whatever. Can. I don't think you can. And and I'm slightly surprised too because, you know, not even Forest's owner is Evangelos Marinakis. He's a guy who's got years and years of experience in football. Um, obviously involved with, with Olympiacos. So I don't fully understand the strategy here. Me neither. Hey, may it work out. Yeah, but, if they stay know. up, if they go down. But it's funny because Steve Cooper be really looks stressed tricky. at the best of times. <laughs> but you know, Oye, the names. I think Oye would bring some experience as well, which is good, like a Kuyate, for example, similar kind of thing. He didn't play much for Villarreal last season. But I think he can he can help. But and by the way, he was he was not born in Paris, he was he grew up in Paris, uh in Sevran, but but twenty-two it's not just the new, the 22 new players. It's also on top of the play. They had a lot of players on loan last season to, who went back to the parent club. But still, this is a huge squad. What can you do at training with like 30, 32, how, God knows how many players that they have? At training for Steve Cooper. Like, it's crazy. I'm a man. I mean, there's also a limit of, on, on the number of players you can have but in yeah, the squad anyway. It's, yeah. it's 20 crazy. Players. But we'll see how it goes. We have a new world transfer record, Jules, in the yep. women's game. Kira Walsh joining Barcelona from Manchester City for a reported 400,000 uh, euros. I guess the levers apply across the club, Jules. Yeah, uh, maybe, or maybe for 400,000. They can, they, they can, they, they have enough uh, in the account, in the bank. I don't know if La Liga for the women's game also has some sort of, you know, a wedge bill cap and stuff like I that. I doubt it. But I just love Kira Walsh. I think she's the best player in the world for me. She was amazing at the Euros. And this is an amazing move, really. Yeah. She joined the best club, even if Lyon beat Barca in the final of the Champions League. It, they're still the best women's team in the world right now. And it's going to be a hell of, a, a hell of an experience for her. And, I, and I'm glad that she's going abroad and has that take on that challenge and 
will test herself in another league and another country. It's a fantastic signing and, and news. Can we give a mini shout out to John Laporte as well in the sense that his job, we know, will rest on how the men's team does. When we, we can, I know basketball super important there and whatever yeah. women's team, but ultimately his whole lever experiment or stroke gamble will determine, you know, whether that's a success yeah, or not will be determined by how the men's team does. But those resources are in and at least based on this, you get the impression he's spreading them across the club, across the different sports and, um, and, and, and the different disciplines, including women's football. Yeah. Carlos Queiroz is back with Iran. He replaces Dragan Skocic, Gab, the guy who got them to the World Cup. Do you feel a bit sorry for him and you're happy for Carlos? Well, I feel, I definitely feel sorry for him because they, they didn't just qualify. They qualified really, really yeah. well. I and mean, they dominated. I think it was like two and a half goals a game and everything. And look, Asia, they're not pushovers, you know. Um, there's always been talk. I don't know who's right, who's wrong about disputes, the federation. It's very political, money, blah, blah, blah. Kairosh coming back, I, as, as, as I heard from people in Iran, was like, oh, yeah, you know, now that they're at the World Cup, you know, they want Kairosh back, like certain people did. And he did well in 2018. They did well. He certainly did well, and he's a good coach. Yeah. It does feel a little bit, eh. Not very, yeah, not great. I feel bad for Skocic. You know, maybe somebody needs a coach. Maybe sure. they want to have a, they might want to have a talk with him. Yeah. Right, Jules, that brings us to an end, but we got to come back. On Monday, because wow. we have a full slate of, yeah. of, of games across the European leagues. We got to see how Chelsea respond. That's true. And we got to see if Cristiano starts a game, too. Yeah. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.